Footy Live's Funnels coverage is brought to you by Simmons Homes. Every day across Australia, it's tools up for Team Simmons because their people stand by their promise to start building your new home on time and on budget. So if you're ready to join the hundreds of Australians they're welcoming home each and every month, talk to Simmons, the great Australian builder. And talking about great Australian things, guys, welcome to the best weekend in Aussie rules football. The penultimate weekend, preliminary final round, is always full of intensity, which often leads to some absolute stellar games and some epic moments. But before the game start this weekend, we need to play our own game of Pick'em. Yes, overreactions are rife and speculation is endless, but luckily, joining us today are two of footy's great minds, thanks to Simon Holmes, our resident footy live experts, Mick Guglielminio and Jimmy Zabo. Boys, how are we feeling before the weekend's action? Absolutely pumped. i tell you what, the, the first, I want to know if this is the first time that both of the prelims, they're exactly the same games of the last round. So we saw in round 23, both are the same fixtures. So it's a very interesting one. And both games were nail biters. So we know we're in for two classic games. I'm excited. It's as excited as I can be without the Tigers being there. But um, not not used to it yet, but I think I will be. Once the game starts, I'll, I'll forget about the Tigers and just look forward to these games. What about you, Nico? Yeah, I'm excited as well. Like Gordo said, like prelim week, week is arguably better than grand final week, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. This is, it's a massive weekend in the footy world. So I'm just keen to get into it. Right, before we get into it, as always, a question without notice. And so this mm-hmm. week's question is, is Love it them. better to embrace the bigger narrative or just focus on the group of players getting the job done? And so obviously there's a lot of storylines out there. You can choose to buy into the COVID section and say we're doing it for our fans. Melbourne, for instance, is on the bridge of breaking their epic premiership drought. But if you were the coach of a football club, the Final Four, would you be embracing the bigger stories or would you be just keeping it in-house and just thinking about getting the job done for yourself? Is that oh, I could start? I, I would embrace it. I'd embrace the story. I'd embrace the whole celebration because if you try and ignore it too much, I think that does more damage. And and I mean, I'll go back to Richmond because that's what I often do. Uh, you know, Damien Hardwick's always been big on this in embracing the story and embracing the celebration, um, embracing the moment because you know just trying to block it all out is going to you know mentally fatiguing. And we've uh, you know we've all spoken uh, at different times to past players who have uh, been in grand final week and I said sometimes it can be exhausting when you're when you're trying to block it all out and trying to focus on the uh on the other things. So I think you, just embracing the story and being excited about it is the best way possible. That's what I'd be doing if I if I was the coach, which I'll never be, but still we could pretend. Yeah, I, I reckon uh similar to Jimmy, but I reckon you have to save it for grand final week. Prelim week is all about just you know getting your spot in the grand final. And we've seen in the past in recent years actually um prelims not going um, in the direction of the fairy tale. For example, the best example for that is Melbourne in 2018 when they got absolutely rolled against the Eagles. So you just need to keep your head screwed on, get in the grand final, and then you can let all the fairy tale stories come out and just, yeah, embrace being there. There will be a lot of fairy tale stories this year because there will be two weeks to fill. So uh, good luck to the uh, to the newsbreakers during yeah, those two true. weeks. Exactly, that is true. Get ready for some hot and spicy trade stories. <laughs> I reckon. All right, onto the tips. Onto the things yep. we are here to analyze. Preliminary funnel number one: Melbourne versus Geelong at Optus Stadium. If round twenty three was anything to go by, this preliminary funnel will be an absolute cracker. The Cats led by forty four points towards the end of the third quarter in round twenty three before the Demons kicked the last eight goals. 
And Big Maxi Gorn finally kicked straight after the siren to steal not only the win, but the minor premiership. Now, despite the Cavs' dominant position in that game, they enter this game as $2.65 outsiders. Mm. But the last nine plenary final weekends, only once has both favourites covered the line. So, Jimmy, yep. why is Geelong going to be the upset of the round this week? Well, I think they'll be the upset of the round. You just mentioned there they were 44 points up at GMHBA, and they just took their foot off. They just stopped trying. I mean, that's that's where they are. They are 44 um, point better team than Melbourne. No, that's a lot. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but they're a few goals better than Melbourne. That's that's where they are. They they took their foot off the uh, off the gas. Now they they can play their possession game. The Cats. When the Cats have taken two hundred and fifty uncontested possessions or more, they're ten and zip. Never lost. When they haven't, they're seven and seven. So that's a big stat. And I think cool and calm heads in a preliminary final is going to allow them to do that play their possession game, keep it off Melbourne. And you mentioned, Nico mentioned it earlier about the 2018 prelim. And I think that'll still live in the minds and uh, cause some mental demons for the demons. Um, It's going to be a shaky start for for Melbourne. And I think Geelong will get on top in that area. Dangerfield and Selwood as well did not play well last week and they still won the game. It was one of their best games. Even though some people thought it was ugly, it was still a dominant performance from the Cats and they kept GWS to less than 50 inside 50s. They scored over a hundred points for the first time since the 2011 grand final, which means they are in top form. What about Hawkins? Another five goals just to go to his brilliant record. They are a dominant side. They've been topping up, especially for this year. We know that. It's the last dance, boys, the last dance, and we cannot see Geelong going out before at least the grand final. They've got to beat Melbourne, and you can put it down to experience alone, I think, in this department. Uh, They'll win the Cats. History would suggest, however, that Melbourne has the slightest of woods over the Cats this year. How do they get it done and go to the big dance as opposed to the final dance, Nico? Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest. They've been the best team all year, so I don't really have to make much of a case for them. And they've beaten Geelong twice as well. Um, the second meeting was a lot closer than the first uh, in round four. But I think that that Max Gorn moment um, in round 23, uh, I just see it as somewhat of a breakthrough moment for the club. Um the whole the whole comeback for them. Obviously, they got rolled in the first half, but they'll take so much confidence out of that comeback. And then the Max Gordon moment. Obviously, uh, like we we saw a couple of years ago, he didn't uh, uh, take his chance in front of the big sticks from like a similar range. And that freakish moment where he gets a second opportunity to do it, uh, it's just a sign for me that they've overcome that mental demon of losing to the Cats in close games and. Like I think Jack Rewalt said it on AFL 360 as well. The team just looks so high on confidence uh, from that vision we've seen from them in training during the week. And it looks like such a, uh, he said it's, it's, it's such a freakishly similar situation to what the, what the Tigers were in 2017 when they were uh, going to break their premiership drought. So look, and enough about the footy energies and in terms of matchups, uh, I think it's all on Geelong to match up on the, on the demons because Melbourne have the better midfield. They've got the better rock. They've got Stephen May and Jake Lever to match up on Geelong's big forwards. And they've got a, they've got a damaging high scoring forward line as well with led by Bailey Fritch. So I think it's all on the cats uh, to chase the demons. The demons are the best team in the competition this year. So, you know, if they play their best footy, we know they're going to win. So I'm locking in the demons. So on that for you, Jimmy, the question around the cats here is game style, Melbourne, Ferocious around the contest, high-energy football. 
Geelong like to play tempo-style football, and it showed in their last matchup, round 23. Geelong lost the time in forward half by 12 and a half minutes against the Demons, their worst yep. differential of the season. Do they need to tinker with any of the game style, as Chris Dutt likes to do in big games, or do they? how do they overcome that deficiency about their ball movement and their speed against a ferocious Demon side? Well, they've showed they can play two styles as well. Obviously, the, the more proficient style is the keepings off. And as we mentioned, those stats, when they get those uncontested possessions, they win the game. It's going to be tough, obviously, against the, the Melbourne midfield, as Nico mentioned. But in saying that, you, I'm not going to see Dangerfield and Selwood playing two poor games in a row, especially when, you know, what's on the line. So they will perform. And Sam and Agola, Cam Guthrie, uh, even Isaac Smith on the wing last week played well. So all you've got to have is two extra players who are performing in the midfield to get the ball on the outside. Side and then they control possession, there should be no problems. And I think Radigalia coming into the side as well is going to help, you know, keep uh, May and Lever occupied. Uh, if you've just got Tom Hawkins in there, obviously it's going to be hard, but you've got Jezza Cameron there and Radigalia. I think that's going to allow um, some opportunities for the Cats uh, in, inside forward 50. And I mean, we've seen if Tom Hawkins gets his chances, which he will, he'll take them. Um, and I, I just I can't see Melbourne overcoming that pressure that they've gone on before. Like this is this is all on them. Nico said it's all on the it's all on the cats. It's all the pressures on Melbourne. I mean, because yeah, you want to say that the underdog story, but every all the narrative is that geez, Melbourne, this is your opportunity to break the drought. You better break it. Can you imagine the amount of pressure going into this game for the D's? And they haven't been able to do it before. So I, I, th- I think the pressure's on Melbourne and I think Geelong will deal with this game better than Melbourne will. Which is uh, more in my line with my areas on this on this game, but also, Nico, Optus Stadium in the WA, not a happy hunting ground for the Demons. They've only covered once in the last four games there. Well, the Cats love that ground that fits into that game style. So obviously the Eagles play tempo-style football. That's where they invented it. That's where they got their 2018 win. The Cats love tempo-style football. Obviously, Optus Stadium suits that game style. How do Melbourne overcome the the narrative, the the hype, the noise, but also the ground being against them? How do they overcome all the intangibles that would prevent the best team of the year going on to the grand final? Well, well, I mean, they've had they've had a week off, so they've had plenty of time to prepare for this clash. And yeah, like you said, it, it hasn't been hasn't proven a happy hunting ground for them. But I think this year for the demons, it's all about um, getting over those, overcoming those mental demons. We saw it in round twenty three, and I think we'll see it again uh, this weekend. They've got they've got a better midfield than the uh, than the cats. So, like I said, it, it's all on Geelong. Uh, the pressure's on Geelong. Uh, they, they've, they've primed themselves for a premiership this year. So if they don't get the premiership, the Cats, it's over for them. They're done. Uh, and Melbourne are a younger side. They're fitter. They've got more legs. They've had the week off. So I think the bigger ground will suit them. And, uh, yeah, Geelong, I mean, last week, we can't really read too much into their win over the Giants. They're probably the eighth-ranked side out of all teams in the finals. Oh. So while they got the win by Very five harsh. goals... Um, yeah, I think they might run out of legs in a prelim against a fresh demon side. So time for our honest tips. I think we have put our flags where they need to be, flying high on the masts. But Jimmy, Geelong by how much? No, these are win- no, I'm joking. No, I've made a big case for Geelong. I'm gonna run with it. No, I think I think the cats will win. I'm hoping for a real a real close one. I mean, they're exciting prelims uh when they are close. So I'm gonna go Geelong by eight points. We'll be back after a quick break.
Nico, are you predicting an absolute barn burner or are you predicting a boil over? <laughs> no, nah, barn burner for sure. I think it's going to be very similar to that round 23 game. So I'll go the D's by 10 points. Yeah, I think we're on the money here. The four of the last seven encounters have been decided by less than a goal. I want to see some back to the future stuff. As much as I'd love to see Zach Tui <laughs> kick one after the siren like he did at GNHBA, uh, I was there for that game and what a game it was. Probably my favorite game of football ever. Uh, I don't yeah, think but... he'll be the star, although he will start from the back line and create mm. that running gun. I'm going to say Geelong win it after the siren and surely it's Tomahawk. Tomahawk from about 35 <laughs> out in that famous Perfect. pocket, in Josh Kennedy's pocket, becomes Hawkins' pocket for the next two weeks. <laughs> Geelong win this and Geelong win the flag, but uh, we'll save that for two weeks' time. All right, on to there. The second game of the weekend will be flying. Just a little flight down to mm-hmm. Adelaide Oval where Port Adelaide will host the Western Bulldogs and the power is peaking at the right time of the season and they deserve favourites in this matchup when they host the Doggies on Saturday night. Ports won five of the last seven against the Doggies, including their round 23 clash where they dominated after quarter time. While the Bulldogs enter this coming off into physical counter against the Lions and as a result, they'll be without Cody Waitman. And although Marcus Bontempelli has been cleared of any damage, there's no doubt that he's been banged up and definitely well under his fittest and best. But maybe this is where mm. the dogs want to be, Nico. We talked about embracing the story, but also keeping your head screwed on. What's the case here for the underdogs? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I didn't tip the dogs last week in Brisbane. Good on them for getting up, but they do look a bit banged <laughs> up this week. Um, it has to be said, Alex Keith and Cody Waitman are out. Um, they're big losses and Bont and Pally as well. Uh, probably not at 100%. But look, if I'm to make a case for them, they have to beat Port Adelaide in the midfield at the source because every time Port Adelaide win um, in contested possessions, they've got a 100% winning record so the dogs have to their midfield they've got a good midfield the dogs and they're also third in the competition for contested possession so you know they have to um, nullify the likes of ollie wines and travis boke and get the ball out of the middle as many times as possible and win it at the source and again like going forward as well they they can't let alira lee they can't afford him to be taking uh eight nine ten intercept marks because they will lose. Um, it's as simple as that. Um, and so that that there's obviously a high reliance on um, the Aaron Norton to make a contest every time that ball goes inside forward 50. Um, and yeah, obviously Cody Waitman's not there, but they have to be bringing that ball to ground and winning the contested ball to win. So on the other side, they're at fresh. They're at home. Is it yep. as good as done for Port, Jimmy? Uh, pretty much. I think Nico's made a good case for Port as well with his uh, <laughs> trying to get to the, be dogs honest. Off the line. There. No, you, it's good. That's what we want. We want honesty um, sometimes. Uh, I think so. Like like you mentioned, Alex Keith is out, which is huge. Waitman out. No Bruce, we've got to remember as well. So, And if Bont's injured, he's not playing at 100%. That's probably enough to make a case for Port Adelaide. They're playing in front of their fans. Uh, they did lose the prelim last year to the Tigers, but that was the Tigers. I don't think they can lose another prelim in front of their home fans. Uh, they play, you know, high possession, aggressive footy. Uh, I think they're the most, or other than North Melbourne, they play through the corridor the most. And you've got to do that sometimes against the dogs, take risks and go through, especially when, you know, look at the players that are playing well and inform when you've got Boken Wines in the middle 
I think I think it's it's fantastic. We know doggies do have a good midfield, but I think one of the best taggers in the game is Willem Drew. So he's going to go probably to McRae. I think last time he went to Libba, he'll go to McRae, uh, Nico's boy, and he'll stop him from having uh, any impact. And it's it's forced actually it's forced Luke Beveridge to go with Steph Martin because English got absolutely smacked in the ruck last time these two teams went at it, and that was the game where Port Adelaide beat the doggies in the last round of the season and finally beat a, uh, a side who was contending for the flag. And I think that gave them a lot of momentum and you thought, well, they can do it there. They did it at Marvel. They can do it at Adelaide Oval. No problem. Lear Lear will have an absolute field day in this one. I think so. And those exciting forwards uh, that Port Adelaide have, I can't see them having a poor game, especially against a weakened doggies defense. So I think it's all, it's all pretty much tied up for the Port Adelaide power to have another grand final. So, Nico, last chance to make a case here for the doggies. And on our Monday <laughs> show, you said that one man was the most underrated footballer in in the league, <laughs> yeah, in the world, potentially. McRae, was it? Jack yeah. McRae. Yeah. And you talked of the triple-double. So he is the, only the second player in history to finish with at least 30 disposals, 10 clearances, and 10 inside 50s in a funnel since the 2000s when these stats were being taken. And he did it last week against the Lions. Bond's less than 50% now. There's no big show to steal his thunder. Is this the making of the Jack McRae getting what he's worth, getting the Lords that he wants, you know, flow into a Norm Smith in two weeks time, potentially. Is this when he becomes the doggies King? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I touched on it. The Bulldogs have to <clears throat> win the ball out of the middle and that reliance is going to be on McRae. He's been doing it all season. He is the Bulldogs key in midfield. He gets the contested possession. He had 19 last week alone. Um, he gets their clearances. Uh, and if he does it again in a prelim final against Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval against their, you know, uh, high contested midfield, oh, it, you can oh, lock him in for best player in the competition. I already think he is, but that will just be the cherry on top. And on the flip side here, we've mentioned that, you know, when Port wins contested possession, they, they win the game 100% strike rate, Jimmy. Yep. But, and you also said, you know, it got smacked in the ruck in the round 23, bringing in Steph Martin. However, despite mm. losing the hit-out count by 15 per game, the Doggies have won the clearance count by six. They're ranked first in the league for clearances. Yeah. Can they usurp that? Can they embrace the fact that they have to be sharks, have to be hunters and collectors? They're not going to get the first source but they will get the ball, they will get the clearance, and they will try and flip that contested possession numbers. Does Port yep. have another way? If yep. if the doggies get on top in the middle, does Port have a second or third gear? Yeah, they do. As their pressure around the footy. Uh, we've seen it before, especially when they're playing it at Adelaide Oval. I mean, even if they lose the the clearance or the first the first ball, they can their tackling pressure is immense. And even I mean, the turnover game, Alir Alir, the the best turnover player in the comp can intercept possessions. They can do it all over the park, Port Adelaide. I can't see a weakness anywhere on the park for Port Adelaide. So, I mean, you know, that won't matter when you've got guys like Willem Drew tagging McRae, so there's no clearances from him. Lib is a good clearance player, but Willem Drew can go to him if he's if he's dominating. But then even Libba hasn't been in fantastic form. The Bont's injured. Um, it's just going to be too hard for the doggies. It does feel a bit that way. So on to our honest tips. I'll be going with uh, Port Adelaide for sure. Um, oh, they've, you they've just lied to us for the last 10 minutes, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I backed in. There's so many disadvantages for Bulldogs going into this game. 
game. Um, the plays going out, uh, the home ground advantage for Port Adelaide, um, and also the form of Port Adelaide. How many have they won in a row now? Like seven? It's, it's seven in a row, I think. Now. Seven in a row. Yeah. They've also had the week's break. Bulldogs are coming off probably the most physically and mentally draining game of their seasons, and they're going to have to travel again. So, yeah, I'm locking in the power by about 20 points. Yeah, I, I think so. I hope, hope for a closer game. I'll go 15 points. I want to buy into the vibe. <laughs> and I talked about the vibe last week and I got laughed at. But then yep. guess you got to have the last laugh. <laughs> Yours truly. Does the vibe work two weeks in a row though? And I talk about this a lot when it comes to tips. I think a coach can tip into that, to that bank and I think Bevo's better than anyone else in the business mm-hmm. at doing that. But I've also seen from the doggies that when they have an emotional win one week, the next week they drop off. So as much as I want to see the vibe work, as much as I want to see McRae take the Bombs mantle as the top dog down there at Footscray, I think it's going to be too much. I think Port will go through to a well-deserved grand final and uh, play against my predicted side, Geelong, next week or in two weeks' time. You're so, happy about those predictions, I tell you. I'm happy about those first predictions. So when they get up, you have to make sure people hear about yeah, embrace them. Embrace them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of predictions, it's time mm. to put our house Back on some picks for the preliminary yep. funnels. You guys enjoyed some uh, freshly minted Simmons Homes houses. Oh, I mate. unfortunately lost mine. You're but still as homeless. always, I'm going to win it all back this week. But luckily, this podcast is brought to you by Simmons Homes. And every day across Australia, it's tools up for Team Simmons because their people stand by their promise to start building your new home, which you're going to win this weekend on time and on budget. So if you're ready to join the hundreds of Australians, <laughs> they're welcoming each and every month. Talk to Simmons, the great Australian builder and uh, Nico, you love winning mm. houses. Mm. I do. We're win I'm one two, on this week. Two from two at the moment, you and yeah, I, my, I'm putting it on all on uh, Melbourne and Port Adelaide to go through to the grand final. It's going to be a Mal, uh, D's power grand final. Uh, it's I think it's the two sides that we want to see from a neutral perspective. That's the grand final we want to see. It's Oof. a promoter's dream. There's fairy tales galore. <laughs> And um, they're two attacking sides as well. So why wouldn't we want to see that? Um, yeah, lock it in. Uh, I'll go to Lee to take at least four contested marks, as he did last time out, and go at at least 90% disposal efficiency. He went at 100% last time out. So 90% at least in a prelim, at least four contested marks. Alirulia, put your house on it. If Alirulia makes the grand final, Mm. Well, if Port makes my grand final, Alirulia will be playing. Well, yep. Fingers crossed, you know. Fingers crossed. Kind of You've said it now. That's I know. Oh, no. I imagine I will have to <laughs> apologise to all the Port fans. Because yeah. um, yep. obviously it'd be my fault. No, I've affected <laughs> yes. the environment of the universe. Um, yep. Could we see him winning the Norm Smith from the back line? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you could. Definitely. You could. Yeah. Yeah, I, definitely, um, I, I think so. I mean, if they... Like he didn't, he didn't rack up the disposals or anything like that last time out. But a lot of people um, highlighted him as the most important player of the game. So I think everyone, when you know his his dominance and his importance, and he can have a few moments in the grand final, there's no reason why he can't win the Norm Smith. I mean, they've got sometimes the goal kickers or the the midfielders um, get the accolades. Mm. But you know, I'd love to see how good would that be, Alia Alia. To, the the well, yeah. recruit of the year, unbelievable if he won the Norm Smith. How about oh, I that? think um, I think defenders stand out more on grand final day. Those intercept yeah. marks, the spring off halfback. We've seen Hodge win a couple of uh, Norm Smiths oh, doing that. You to mention that, yeah. 
Brian Lake as well. Brian uh, Lake. Jason Good. Johannesson off halfback. Yeah, JJ, Batcher, that's right. Batcher Hawley probably should have had one. Yeah, it could have. Dusty deserved it. But yeah, it could have he, had he, one. Yeah, like he, he, it was either him or Dusty. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, you know Even what I'm Rancy trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, so absolutely. I think, you know, a de- defender... You can. It's it's not out of the question. What also is not out of the question is me winning my house back thanks to Simmons this week. Yeah, and I'm going geez. for Boke to fill up his bag. So you talked mm-hmm. about Jack McRae being unsung at the doggies. Boke is pretty unsung outside of the state of South Australia. Everyone talks about Ollie Wines. He's going to win the Brownlow. How do you send a tag him? Well, if you send someone to tag Ollie, it just means that big Travis Boke gets to fill up his bag on Saturday night. He's recorded 30-plus disposal in his last three games, including the Round 23 clash against the Bulldogs. He's also recorded 30-plus disposals in both games against the Doggies this year, uh, having 30 exactly around nine. Mm. So, you know, Dunkley will probably go to Wines. Boke fills up his bag. Boke for 30-plus. I get my house back and get to uh, enjoy the comforts of a Simmons home for a whole fortnight before Grand Final Week begins. So that's the weekend's action preview. Thanks, boys, for your in-depth analysis and even hotter takes. And thanks again to Simmons Homes for sponsoring all of Footy Live's funnels coverage. And don't forget to check out all the action in the app this weekend. So until Monday, enjoy your preliminary final football fever.